0: Well, good morning, everybody. Come on, amen. Good morning. I'm so honored today to come to you live from city church and I just want to take a moment and thank our team that made today's production happen right now there are 70 people watching online and so we give you a great big shout out and uh, thank you for sh- uh, thank you for watching online today if you could actually share this experience with someone else for the next service or even for the rest of this service that would be awesome we would appreciate it and we're going to see what the Lord does here want to give you kind of a quick update on what's happening here at City Church. As you know, as of Friday morning, we were planning on having service, and we received uh, a message from the mayor of Sanford asking that all of our area churches not have gatherings, and or at least postponing them. And since we have the capability to do online, we're grateful that we can bring this service to you live. And we feel like uh, in response to our mayor's request, obviously he couldn't command us to do that. We're First Amendment people, we understand our freedoms today, but the fact is today we chose to be good citizens of our community. And so those of you that are in the audience today, thank you for coming. Our worship team did an amazing job. Come on, can you give them a great big hand? Thank you worship team for leading us today. And uh, really, really honored. As far as events that are coming, I, I want to make a couple of things uh, available to us as a church community. One, this gives us an opportunity actually probably to communicate and to connect with many of you in a more effective way. And uh, so today we actually have live prayer counselors. And Pastor Glenn mentioned that, but the phone number is 407 904 8458, and they're actually right here today. And if you know anybody that actually needs prayer during our service time, this is a great opportunity for them to call in and to receive personal prayer. Also, if you have any questions about what we're doing or what's happening here at City Church or anything that we particularly maybe can help you with in resources or directing you in resources, you can email me personally at eugene at citychurchfl.org, and I'll be sure to respond to you. And if I can't do that, I'll send you on to the appropriate person. One last thing, uh, every morning at 9 a.m., we'll be going live for a short 10-minute devotion and kind of update on what's happening here at City Church and our community. And we're going to take prayer requests, and uh, myself and our team will be leading that. And so Monday through Friday this week, you can join us on Facebook Live, and we're excited to present that to you as well. If you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to Mark's Gospel, chapter 4, Mark's Gospel, chapter 4, verse number 35. And uh, I'm going to be talking to you this morning on surviving the storms of life, surviving the storms of life. Take your Bibles this morning, beginning with Mark's Gospel, chapter 35. I'm going to read verses uh, 35 through 41 this morning. It's a little different format than we normally do. I'm sitting on a stool and communicating, but that's okay. And uh, I actually like to do things different sometimes. I'm really encouraged today by the opportunity that we get to serve you in a more effective way. Jesus uh, always led his people into change, and so God is allowing us to experience change even in our own current storm or situation in our culture and community. In verse number 35, the Bible says, that day when Jesus came, he said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side. "'Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along "'just as he was in the boat. "'There was also other boats with them.'" Jesus had just finished a day of ministry, he had been ministering in the northern part of the Galilee region, which is where Jesus spent most of his ministry. Most of his miracles took place in this region. It was somewhere between the town of Capernaum, which was just on the northern shore of Galilee, and a community uh, just outside of that called Gennesaret. Gennesaret, they're they're probably about 40, 35, 40 miles by cr- travel by car, but it would take them a full day or two to be able to make that travel. And someplace in between there, Jesus was ministering. Uh, most people believe believe this was immediate, immediately after Jesus taught the Sermon on the Mount. The Sermon on the Mount is when Jesus would teach the kingdom of God, teach, teach what God's purposes and plans were for men on planet earth. And it was immediately after that, Jesus went with his disciples to the other side, leaving the crown behind. They took him along just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with them. I want you to see that. There were other boats with them, A furious squall came up, and the waves broke over the boat, so that it was nearly swamped. And Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up and rebuked the wind and said to the waves, Peace, be still. One translation says, Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down, and it was completely calm so he said to his disciples, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, who is this? Even the wind and the waves obeyed him. And then I want you to see one little phrase in, verse number, in chapter five, verse number one. Then they went across the lake to the region of Gerasenes. Let's pray. Father, thank you this morning for this opportunity to pray this opportunity to gather together with our families and our homes. And God, it's different than we normally do possibly. Some of us do watch online and we're grateful for this opportunity in our generation today that we can actually participate in a worship service with our brothers and sisters around the community and God, even in different parts of the country. We thank you for that. And God, I just ask right now that whatever we are walking through in our own personal journeys, concerns, and worries, we, we know what's happening in our news cycle, or we, we hear the reports around the world. And God, some of us today, we really have a great sense of hope and optimism, a great sense of that this is not going to impact us. And God, we're believing the best for that. But for those who it will impact today and those who it has impacted today, God, I pray that you will bring them the sense of peace in the midst of their storm. God, we know today, Lord, that uh, our hearts are turned towards you as believers and you are our source. And we thank you that it's in times like this that we truly learn that you're our provider, you're our protector, and your presence is always with us. So, in these next few moments, as we break the word of life open, let our hearts be open to hear from you. God, I pray today that it would not be my words once again, but it would be your words that would come into the hearts and the ears of those who hear. We love you, Jesus, and you're wonderful and you're awesome in your mighty name. And everyone said? Amen. Amen. Today is a national day of prayer. And I want to challenge this congregation here today. The next three days... I believe that God has really called us as a church community. I know our our president has called for a national pr- a day of prayer, and we join with churches around the globe today that are praying for our nation. But there are two things specifically that I'm asking God to fill us full of faith today for. The first thing that I'm asking God to help us believe for is that as Christians, we will rise up. We will do exactly like Pastor Joel said last week, and that in the middle of the battle, we don't run from the fire; we run to it. In other in other words, we look for opportunities to serve in our community. And I'm going to pray that as a local church community, there will be some people who will rise up with gifts of healing and miracles come on, that we will rise up with gifts of healing and miracles. We believe that miracles are available for for us today, and we're going to pray for people. We're going to pray for people maybe who've contracted this disease or other diseases, and we're going to believe that God is going to heal them supernaturally. So for the next three days, I'm going to challenge us, and I'm going to ask us as a faith community to really ask God to increase the area of supernatural in our community. Come on, amen. Can you give the Lord a hand, clap for that today? The second thing that I'm asking us today to do is to pray for the medical community and the scientific field. Pray that there will become a a cure. We call it a natural cure, but we know that all knowledge, all wisdom truly comes from God, and that there will be a cure or vaccine that will come in response to this coronavirus that's sweeping the globe and our nation. And so those are two things for the next three days our team will be praying for. I'm challenging this faith community, if you're watching online, the 89 people, the 90 people that are watching online, online right now uh, on Facebook. I'm challenging us all to pray for these two things, that God would increase our faith, increase our faith to believe him for miracles in this season. And the second thing is that there would be a a natural cure that would come that would find a cure for this virus. Storms of life come in all kinds of shapes. The story in our Bible today we find our disciples after a great day of successful ministry with Jesus. Multitudes of people had been around. I mean, thousands of people would follow Jesus. As a matter of fact, the fame of Jesus would grow. The greater the miracles, the stronger the anointing on his life, the greater impact he would have in the community. Throngs of people. You know, they say two things, bad news spreads fast, but good news spreads fast. We saw that this last week in our marketplace. The week before, the, the previous days before, lots of bad news out there and the stock market crashed and people were fearful. And then we have a, our president came out and, and gave a word with a strategic plan, a word of encouragement, and, and brought businesses together and the marketplace together with a, a strategic plan as a nation to confront this. And we saw the power of that word just raise up and cause people to be encouraged. And so I want you to know today that when Jesus was ministering, people's lives were being impacted and thousands of people were being attracted to his ministry. You know, storms come, though. Storms come. All the disciples had been fruitful and successful in their ministry and life. All of a sudden, they were confronted with a situation that they couldn't control. And isn't that kind of like what we're experiencing right now as a community and as a world? It's a situation that we can't control. It's beyond our own control. I remember the very first year, the very first summer that we spent here in Central Florida. And we had lived, my wife had grown up on on the West Coast and the Northwest specifically, and they have storms there, but nothing like we get here in Central Florida. And I remember our very first summer, she came home one night and she said, I thought we were being attacked by bombs. And you know what it was? It was the lightning and the thunder and the hail. And she said, I actually, I almost freaked out. I had to pull over to the side of the road because I didn't know what in the world was going on. And the fact is, if you come to Central Florida in the summertime, you might experience a storm. But we've, what we've discovered about these storms is although they, they come in, they always leave. They come in, but they always leave. Jesus knew that, and when he was in the boat with the disciples, he knew that fact. You know, there's a lot of things going on in our culture and community, a lot of things, a lot of people that are presenting things that really aren't true as fact around this coronavirus that's, that's been unleashed, however it happened, unleashed in our world and globe and society today. I want to throw just a couple of these things up, just a, a couple of fact and fiction kind of things that we see taking place right now in our culture. Can you put those up on the screen for me? Right now, there are people out there that are selling special cures through potions and powders and pills as a magic cure to this. Uh, I, I talked with a doctor in our community yesterday. He said, there is no known cure for the coronavirus right now. There's no known cure for it. If there was, they would be administrating it to people. And so someone's on television or someone's marketing a product that supposedly has uh, special power potions to bring healing to this cure, it's not true right now. There's no known cure. Uh, COVID, COVID number 19 will not grow in warm weather. We've talked a lot about that, even here in our own community, because we're expecting the summertime the temperatures to rise, but they are finding this disease is not being slowed down by warm weather. Other people are saying hand sanitizer isn't very effective against the coronavirus or the COVID-19 virus. Fact is today, gold, the, the gold standard, the gold standard for protection is washing your hands in warm water and soap for at least 20 seconds. That's the gold standard. For some of us, that's a big curve because a lot of us are used to kind of just running our hand, just kind of waving our hand underneath the water as it passes by and shaking it off and calling it good. But they're saying if you're gonna protect yourself, you gotta be a little more diligent. And so the fact is, if we cannot do that, then hand sanitizer with 60% alcohol is a great way to protect yourself from this virus. Another, Another fiction out there that sometimes is being portrayed as fact is that this disease isn't really that dangerous. Well, I guess it just depends on who you ask. The virus that really exploded in the community of Seattle in the town called Kirkland. My wife and I lived there for five years. Our sons were born in that community. As a matter of fact, the hospital that's attached to that Life uh, life Care Center home is where our oldest son was born. And I remember when the first report came out of these people dying in that nursing home, I, I remember thinking, wow, that was right down the street from where we lived. And it really brought it home to me, the reality of this virus. There are people that have been impacted. Right now, there are about 157,000 people around the globe that have been impacted by this virus and about, 57, about 5,700 deaths. In relationship to other diseases, in relationship to other diseases, specifically flu or the, flying, uh, fl- uh, the swine flu, that's extremely high. The fact is today for people that contract this disease or have weakened immune uh, uh, systems, this is a very, very dangerous disease. It, it's dangerous, folks. It just depends on who you are. Some people are selling uh, that garlic and other kinds of foods will prevent it. It's just not the case. Or you can get bit by a mosquito. The fact is today, the fact is today, we don't know a lot about this. This is the first time that it's been exposed in our society and our culture. The same thing in the spiritual realm. I've experienced this in a church for a long, long time. I've had people say many things to me about why people get cancers or why people have certain problems in their life. The fact is sometimes people believe that people's problems come because they've done something bad. That's just not the fact. The fact is that sometimes people make poor choices and there are bad consequences. We know the law of sowing and reaping is absolutely true. But the other side of it, bad things happen to all of us. All of us get bad diagnosis. Or all of us have things happen that we can't control in our life, just like the coronavirus uh, that's taking place in our culture. Other people will say, well, people deserve what they get. It's the law of karma. What goes around comes around. The fact is, is that if we got any of us in this room, got what we deserve, it would be a bad day because all of us, we know our own heart. The Bible says the heart is deceitfully wicked. Who can else know it? And then if you're living for Jesus, you're not going to have a problem. The fact is today, if you live fully for Christ today, you will have problems. Jesus said in this life, you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. Be of good cheer for I have overcome. Yes, the fact is today, the fact is today, there are fact and fiction that's being promulgated through our culture and society. The disciples were experiencing a storm, a superstorm, On the Sea of Galilee that night, the winds came down and their, and their boat began to rock. And the one thing that I want you to see, the first thing that I want you to see this morning is that Jesus went through the storm with them. Jesus went through the storm with them, and so he will with you. Jesus went through the storm with them, and so he will be in the storm with you. I want you to look at verse number 35 with me. That day when evening came, he said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side. Let us go over to the other side. You see, Jesus, his ministry was built on this foundation. He preached the gospel. He taught people how to live. He healed the sick, and he delivered people from oppression of the devil. That was his three-pronged ministry, to communicate, to release power, and to encourage people, to encourage people to live the life that Christ had called them from, free from the powers of bondages and sin. Jesus, I want you to see this today. Jesus directed them to get into the boat. Jesus knew, Jesus knew that this storm was going to take place. The reality for all of us today is that Jesus knows the storms that we are facing, whatever storm it is. It's a financial storm. It's a marriage storm. It's a, it's a, it's a, a spiritual storm. Jesus knows what's going to happen in our lives. Come on. Someone said, amen. amen. You see, this is where it gets difficult for us because, well, if Jesus knew it was going to happen, why did he allow it to happen? Glad you asked. Glad you asked. The fact is, the psalmist says it like this I will instruct you, says the Lord, and guide you along the best pathway for your life. I will advise you and watch your progress. I will watch your progress. What God wants all of us to do is to grow a muscle of faith. Everyone say, muscle of faith. Muscle of faith. I went by the gym where we live in our community the last couple of days, and no one's been growing their muscle of faith. Oh, I wants to go to the gym right now. But spiritually, we always are in this process of God developing a muscle of faith, helping us to become more like Christ and dependent upon Him. Dr. Billy Graham says this: nowhere does the Bible teach that Christians are exempt from tribulations and natural disasters that come into the world. Scripture does teach that the Christian can face tribulation, crisis, calamity, and personal suffering with a supernatural power. Come on, say supernatural power today. With a supernatural power that is not available to the person outside of Christ. Did you hear that today? The person who is in Christ has the spirit of Jesus The same spirit of Jesus who walked on water and opened blinded eyes and commanded the dead to be raised. The same spirit of Jesus that conquered Satan at death, hell, and the grave. That same spirit lives. Come on now. Someone ought to say amen this morning. Come on. We have a supernatural God who has created us to be supernatural beings. And in times and seasons like this, we can live supernaturally. That is above and beyond the fears and the the, the, the frustrations and all the uh, disruption in our culture and society. God has called you and I today to be people who live a supernatural life. Here's what I love about verse number 37. Look at verse number 37. Jesus agreed to get in the boat with them. I mean, what I love about Jesus' leadership, he didn't say, okay, guys, I want you to get in the boat. I'm going to teach you a lesson. No, that's not how Jesus modeled leadership. Jesus got in the boat with them. Jesus got in the boat. He got in the midst of the storm because he was going to model for them how to overcome or how to survive the storms of life. Verse number 36 says something very interesting. It says, there were also other boats with them. Other boats were around. You know, today, every person in this room is going through something. Every person has a difficulty, has a trial, has a problem. Some small, some great, some in between. Some people are just kind of in a cruise mode. We're all aware right now of what's taking place in our world, but it doesn't impact people the exact same way. But there are other people that experienced the storm that night there were other people that experienced the storm that night. Peter says, dear friends, don't be surprised at the fiery trials that you were going through as something strange were happening only to you. Don't be, don't be surprised by that, folks. Don't be surprised at other people who are walking through a struggle at the exact same time. I was in Starbucks about a month ago, and there was a man that I have uh, sat next to many times and just occasionally have talked to him, and he was always there with his wife, and they'd be reading a book together. And, and a, couple, a couple of weeks ago, I was at the Starbucks, and, and uh, I just asked him, I said, hey, where's your wife at? And he looked me dead in the eyes, and he said three months ago, she got out of the shower, had a brain aneurysm, and she died. I was like, whoa, I not, didn't have any idea. I couldn't believe it. And the moment he said that, I burst into tears. I just began to cry. I said, wow, I can't imagine. I can't imagine the suffering at this point that he potentially is going through. He said, it's very, very difficult. And he began to talk about the struggle that he was going through. I saw him two days ago at at the, the restaurant just down the street. He was with his brother and he came up to me and he actually remembered my name. He remembered my name. And I remembered his. And I thought, you know, it was because in a, in a moment, in a man in, needed empathy, God allowed me to show that I cared. And the fact is, there were other people that were around the boat with the disciples that time that were experiencing a similar kind of thing. A furious squall came up, a furious storm. And what I've learned about storms of life is that Jesus uses them for one of three ways, He uses storms to correct us. There are times that we need corrections. We're on the wrong pathway. We're going the wrong direction. And God will allow a problem. God will allow a storm. God will allow a trial or struggle to come into our life to bring correction, to help us realize our dependency and need upon him. Uh, the, The Bible also says that Jesus uses storms for our perfection to internally make us more like Christ. Hebrews chapter five says it like this. Even though Jesus was God's son, he learned obedience. Jesus learned obedience from the things that he suffered. Do you know why? Because not only was Jesus fully God, he had the divine nature of God. He was the fullness of God in human body. He was also fully man. Jesus was God with human skin on And the writer of Hebrews says that he grew an understanding of God's plan, hard for us to comprehend since he was a God who knew all. Storms also are used in our lives to instruct us. We have a financial problem. We generally tend to figure out how to manage our money better. We have a a relationship problem in our life. We tend to figure out how to get our marriage better. We have a a sudden uh, diagnosis from a doctor with bad health, and all of a sudden we want to figure out the best way to take care of our health. Sometimes crisis or storms will come into our life to really instruct us that there is a better way to live. The same patterns and the same ways that we lived maybe aren't the best way. Seth Godin once said, it's wars that make generals. It's wars that make generals. It's times of suffering. It's times of storms that cause us to become better Christ followers and enable us to better fulfill the mission for which Christ has accomplished. Today, in fact, today, I believe that someone in this room, someone watching me by online is experiencing one of these three. Look at verse number 38 with me. Jesus was in the stern, asleep on a pillow. Yes, Jesus was in the storm, but Jesus knew that the storm would pass. Can you pass me that pillow? Just throw me that pillow right now. Jesus was on a pillow. I mean, think about this. Think about the storm. I'm going to get ready to go down on the ground here, guys, so you can take the camera down to the ground, all right? But Jesus was in the midst of a storm with the disciples, and they were fearful. They were afraid that they were going to die. You know what Jesus had? He had a pillow. Everyone say pillow. Pillow. Jesus had a pillow of comfort. He wasn't afraid. He wasn't afraid. Over and over and over, 365 times in the Bible, Jesus tells us to fear not. Amen. Don't be afraid. One for every day of the year. Come on. One for every day of the year. Jesus was on a boat and he was sleeping. His head was a rest. Now I lay me down to sleep. I don't like the rest of that verse, but, but, but come on. Jesus, in the midst of the storm, he wasn't afraid. I want you to know today, Jesus is in your boat. If Jesus is in your boat today, he's not afraid of the storm, and he doesn't want you to be afraid of the storm. You see, men in our world feel like he's sleeping. Jesus, where are you? They're going through a difficulty, and they've prayed, and they've asked God, and they, and they don't get an answer that they want to receive, and they believe that Jesus is asleep, or maybe he doesn't answer prayers anymore. I want you to know that that's not the case. Although Jesus was asleep, he was d- deeply concerned, and he deeply cared. Because here's the fact, folks. Jesus was not worried. C.S. Lewis, and uh, after the great war of World War II, the, Americas had, the United States of America and the allied nations had been at war with, with the other nations, with the Axis nations, Japan and Germany and Italy. And, and uh, one of the things that brought that war to con- a con- conclusion was it after we were attacked by Pearl Harbor from Japan? United States released, unleashed two bombs on two cities in Japan, they, on Hiroshima and Nagasaki. They were called the nuclear bomb or the, the, the hydrogen bomb. The world had never seen that kind of destruction unleashed on planet Earth. The whole world immediately went into terror, much like we've experienced here in the last week where people seem to be panicking and freaking out. There was a sense around the world that that we were all going to die by a hydrogen bomb. My grandfather told me people were in panic mode here in America. They were in panic mode around the world because they they thought that the Germans would get access to that bomb, and they would try to retaliate against us with the same measures. C.S. Lewis, the great Christian writer, philosopher, and thinker, he said something like this. He said, this is the point to be made. The first action to be taken is to pull ourselves together. If we are all going to be destroyed by an atomic bomb, let that bomb, when it comes, find us doing sensible and human things, praying, working, come on, teaching, reading, listening to music, taking care of our children, playing tennis, and chatting with their friends, not huddled together, frightened like sheep, thinking about the bombs or thinking about the viruses. They may break our bodies. It may destroy our bodies. But there is no need for this to dominate our minds. No need for this virus to dominate your mind in a 24-hour, seven-day-a-week news cycle. And someone said, "Amen." amen. The psalmist cried, in my times of trouble, I cried to the Lord, and he answered me. Look at the next verse here. The disciples woke Jesus up. He's on a pillow. They woke him up. Teacher, don't you care? Don't you care? Don't you care? Don't you care if this storm is going to consume us? Don't you care if we're going to die? I remember this last Wednesday night, I was, when this coronavirus became real to me and I probably began to think about it in a more serious manner. We were in the restaurant and the NBA game was on and all of a sudden they stopped the game and they actually canceled the game before it even started. And I was kind of shocked. And the next thing you know, I saw an interview with Mr. Mark Cuban, and he was talking about how the NBA had just suspended the season. I'm like, whoa, one player on a bench had become infected in the whole NBA. And it triggered something in that restaurant that night. In that very moment, I knew, wow, people are taking this thing very seriously. Maybe we should listen to what's happening. I was shocked. The disciples were shocked by what was taking place. They woke Jesus up. They woke him up. (laughs) They had lost hope. They felt helpless. There's nothing they could do. But the God of hope was in their boat. Come on, the God of hope was in their boat. And when the God of hope is in your boat, hope floats the boat every time. Come on, someone say amen today. Oh, when the God of hope is in your boat, the God of hope floats your boat every time. Today, I want you to hear today. They woke Jesus up. And the first thing that I want you to see, he did. The first thing that I want you to see when Jesus got up, the Bible says in verse number 39, he got up. He rebuked the wind and said to the waves, peace, be still. You know what Jesus did in the storm? Jesus spoke to the storm. Come on, everyone, say spoke to the storm. You know what you need to do in the midst of the storm? You need to begin to speak God's truth to the storm. You begin to speak God's word to the storm. Jesus got up and he spoke to the storm. And look what he says here. Peace, be still. Peace, be still. And immediately the storm began to calm down. Peace, be still. Wow. Jesus speaks peace to us today. In this room, in this online audience watching today, I want you to know today that Jesus is speaking peace to us He is the God of peace. He is the author of peace. He is the father of peace. He is the God who brings peace. The God who brings peace to the human heart. Today, Jesus spoke. He spoke care. He spoke concern. He didn't forget them. He didn't didn't deny that he cared about them. He didn't let them down. He got up. And today, I want you to know that Jesus is alive. He is already risen from the dead. He's gotten up. And because he's gotten up, we can rise up. We can rise above. Come on, we can live as people of faith, overcoming any storm that the opposition and the enemy would bring our way. Someone said, amen. God spoke to the storm. Peace, be still. Peace, be still. Rick Warren says, God knows our weakness and he still loves us anyway. God knows that we're frail today. God knows that we're listening to the news today. God knows what's happening in our culture and community today. And God wants you to know that he loves us. God's speaking peace to our reality and to our storm. Jesus rebuked that storm. You know what it tells me today? He understood who he was. He understood the authority that he walked in. Do you know that same authority that Christ walked in, he's delegated to us? That same authority. It's why we can pray in confidence. It's why we can pray with assurance, knowing that when we ask anything in his name, he said he will do. I'm asking for you today with that same authority. And I'm challenging you, watching online today, I'm challenging you today to walk with that same authority, that same confidence, speaking to the storm of fear speaking to the the storm that wants to project lack and unbelief and shortage. I want you to speak to that storm in your life today. In Luke chapter 10, Jesus said, I've given you authority over all the power of the enemy. Jesus has given you and I authority today. He's delegated to us and he's never rescinded that commission. Next thing I want you to see is Jesus spoke with specificity. He spoke with specificity. He spoke to that storm very specifically. He called it by name, wind and waves. When you're speaking to your storms, when you're speaking to the fear, when you're speaking to the challenge that you have in your life, I want you to call it by name. A lot of people don't want to confess a certain word or say a certain thing because they're, they're believing that they're confessing doubt or unbelief, not Jesus. He called it what it was. It was a storm. It was a wind and a wave. Come on, it was a wind and a wave. The wife that prayed for my doctor at the Mayo Clinic just a few weeks ago called it specifically what it was. And he said, Father, you said in your word where two or three are gathered together in your name, you will hear their prayer. And I command this cancer to shrivel up and die. You see, he spoke with specificity. He spoke with specificity. He called it by name. Do you know why? Because he had an expectancy. He had an expectancy that the God he prayed to, the God that he called upon, he had an expectancy that that God would hear his prayer and he would answer. 1 John chapter 5 says, and we are confident, we are confident that he hears us. Come on, we are confident. Do you believe that today? Do you believe that God hears you? Come on, do you believe that? You that are watching online, you that are in this room, do you believe that he hears you? Do you know that you're not praying to whom it God may concern to whom it may concern, God, whatever God you are, know our God has a name, and his name is Jesus. Oh, Jesus spoke very clearly. He called it by name, and he expected God, his Father, to hear and to answer. Expected God to hear. If you ask for anything that pleases him, do you know that it pleases the Father when you come to him with your cares? Do you know that it pleases the Father when it, you come to him with your needs? and since we know that he hears us when we make our requests we also know that he gives us what we ask for president's moves president's words might move markets but your words move mountains your words move mountains come on today jesus said speak to the mountain there's something powerful today when we begin to understand that god has given us spiritual authority spiritual authority to overcome the storms that come in our life the psalmist declared the lord gives strength to his people and blesses his people with peace blesses his people with peace you know the disciples lacked faith and he did correct them but i want you to know that jesus corrected them after he answered their prayer not before he answered their prayer Yes, he corrected them. Hey, listen, guys, you're weak in faith. What's the matter with you? Oh, you a little faith. And I want you to know today, if you were really, really honest, really honest, very few of us in this room have perfect faith. As a matter of fact, people that they think they have perfect faith, I generally find that they lack love because they lack compassion for other people. The fact is today, none of us hit this thing perfectly. We all have moments of weakness, and Jesus knows that. But he wants you to be encouraged today. Don't be of little faith. Be like that woman that touched the hem of his garment. Come on, crawl through the crowds. One of two people that Jesus said had great faith was a Gentile woman who believed that if she touched the Master, her circumstances and her situation would be changed. Do you believe that today? Do you believe that today? Do you believe that you speak one word peace? One word, Jesus, I come to you and I speak peace over my family. I I speak peace in my community. Praying for our leaders, praying for our community, praying for one another, speaking peace. So what? So what do we do with this today? I want you to remember this. Jesus, Jesus went through the storm, and he's going to go through the storm with you. Jesus went through the storm, and he's going to go through the storm with you. Jesus wasn't nervous. I want you to know today we don't have to be nervous we don't have to be afraid we don't have to be worried about our future do you not know today that the God of peace has your future all in his hands do you not know that whatever happens in our world according to Paul the Apostle in the book book of Romans that all things will work together for good for them that love him and are called according to his purpose do you not know that today all things work together God's going to work this don't be nervous everyone say don't be nervous and the last thing is Jesus spoke to the storm, and so should you. Jesus speaks to the storm. I challenge you today to speak to your storm. I want to give you some real practical advice here. Those of you that are watching online, those of you that are watching at home, those of you that are here today, I want you to get some really practical advice. Be people of faith. God's called us to be people of faith, to model this faith to our world, to our family, to our community, to our coworkers. workers Come on, you know it worked today. People this week, people are going to be really afraid. They're going to be, or they are just going to be poot-pooing. Whatever they whatever's happening in your culture, I want you to stand strong and say, you know what? Whatever comes our way, I'm going to trust Jesus. I'm going to put my confidence in him. Come on, everyone say, God's got, God's got it. God's got this today. The second thing is I want you to take some practical precautions. Just be realistic. If you haven't gotten used to washing your hands, Get used to washing your hands. Why not be smart? Why not take the wise way? Come on, why not take the wise way? Don't just be cavalier and just automatically cast this aside. Listen, you might not contract it, but you might become a carrier and contract it to someone else, and you would feel terrible if you knew you were responsible for someone else contracting the disease because you really didn't care. Be kind. Everyone that's around you today is going through something protect others. Prevent it it in your own family. Today, I want to close in prayer. I just, I want to, one more time, I want to put the numbers back up on the screen, and you need prayer today. You need prayer today. This is a great way for you to communicate. You can go online, and you can call the prayer number there, 407-904-8458, or you can shoot me an email at eugene at citychurchfl.org, and and guys, we'd love to respond and connect with you, see if we can help you in any way. But can we take just a moment? And right there in your home, right there in your home, I want you to bow your heads. I want everyone in this room want us to bow our heads. And I want us to pray. I want you to ask the Lord today. I want you to ask the Lord today to give you that sense of confidence that He's in the boat with you. To know that He is a God. To know that he's a god who cares to know that he's not nervous and we don't need to be nervous today and give you the boldness to pray to speak to this storm and command it to be quiet father i thank you today for this amazing opportunity this amazing opportunity this amazing generation lord to pray online to have people watching us through the camera lens it's amazing And God, maybe there's someone out there that's watching that doesn't know you. I don't know, Jesus, where they're at with you. Maybe their heart's been full of fear. And Jesus, you are speaking to them. Fear not. Don't be afraid. Jesus, calm the storm of their life. If there's someone here that needs to get right with you, and this is a correcting moment. They realize today that their life isn't right. God, I pray that they'll say yes to you that in their hearts, they'll they'll acknowledge they they need you to be their Lord. They'll ask you into their hearts. Father, I prayed for them today. Father, for those from the City Church family that are watching in our greater community, God, I pray that you will be, be with them, that you will cause your face to shine upon them and you will bless them in all of their ways. We love you, Jesus, and your wonderful and your powerful name. Can you tell the Lord you love him? while we sing this song together with our worship team. Come on, let's worship the Lord together.